Welcome back to the Writer's Nook Podcast. I'm Hannah Bauman, editor and writing coach. And I'm Leah Chason, a fantasy and romance writer. So far, we've touched on some motivational topics in this third season of the podcast, but we're going to start shifting back toward fiction writing and craft talk today. Um, In this episode, we're going to touch on structures, specifically scenes and chapters in your project. Differentiating between scenes and chapters will help you create a story that has better flow and keeps your readers engaged. It is all too easy to close out a chapter at the end of a scene. It seems like the right place to do it, and while it may actually be the perfect place for a break, we can also be creative with this. How you craft your scenes and chapters will be how you keep your readers up until 3 a.m. By avoiding boring moments and cutting chapters at the peak of tension, your work will become more evocative. Don't believe me? Grab the last book that had you turning pages. Read the lines between chapter end and the next chapter. But before we go into the strategies that you can use to keep your readers that engaged, let's define chapters and scenes really quick. Let's put simply, a chapter is a division within a book. Chapters provide structure and order, but they have absolutely nothing to do with the plot. They impact pacing, not story content. And we will talk about chapters later in the episode. But scenes, on the other hand, are an actual sequence of events that impact the larger story. As we'll discuss in a moment, they're basically mini stories within your big story of your novel. And like many baby writers, I used to start my scenes with a character waking up. While that's not the worst place to start, it's not the most engaging. I see this so often, and it's not its not a bad place to start when you're starting to write. Um, but yeah, let's break this down. So there's an inclination when you're starting out to think that the beginning of the day is the beginning of a story. And while that's true for our real lives, it doesn't necessarily work in fiction unless something woke them or there's already tension brewing. Let's face it, first few moments of the morning are usually really boring. No one wants to read about someone drinking their coffee or brushing their teeth. Pick up where the tension starts. Does the main character have a big date? Don't have her wake up and immediately think about how anxious she is. Put her in her date outfit and make her uncomfortable. Cut that tension by having her date tell her how good she looks. As Leah said, starting a scene with a character waking up might seem like a good way to start, but it lacks the tension that you need. The start of a scene has to grab a reader's attention one way or another. Including a morning routine may actually be a really good way to introduce the sense of normalcy and show more of a character's personality and world building and all that good stuff. But without tension woven into the scene, that quickly falls into the boring category. Introduce questions or tension as you go. If you do want to start out with that cup of coffee, maybe they've run out of their favorite coffee. Maybe they're making breakfast for their friends who happen to be discussing a plot to overthrow the queen. And then you can cut that tension with a joke or some kind of solution. It's all give and take. And we discuss tension and how to use it more in episode 13, back from October 2019. Oh, that was our Halloween episode, wasn't it? I believe that was, because horror is a good way to study tension. So think of scenes as micro-stories. Just like in larger narratives, scenes have a complete story cycle. There's a rise of tension before it breaks and is resolved. Of course, there's many ways to do this, from action to emotional conflict, but every scene should have a small resolution that drives the story forward. 
exactly scenes follow a basic structure. So the character has some goal or desire, which they're chasing throughout the scene. The chase of that goal leads to some kind of conflict or obstacle. And that conflict or obstacle often leads to a, quote, disaster, which is just really a fancy way to say turning point, um, where the character must react and make a decision. So that up and down of goal to conflict to decision creates a flow in your story and provides plenty of tension to keep the readers interested. After all, a novel would be very boring if everything went well for the characters and there was no conflict. As Leah already said, there are so many different ways conflict can show up in a scene. It might be something small that reveals the larger plot and higher stakes, or it could even be a subplot about romance. Character ran out of coffee, they head out to get some, and they run into their enemy, who could also be love, love of their life eventually. You never know. Ooh, you should write that story. I want to read that. <laughs> I'm hooked. I'll do my best. <laughs> Chapters, on the other hand, are not scenes. They aren't even a way to frame scenes. Chapters are a tool used to break up the burden of a long narrative to increase the readability of your novel. If you sat down with a 300-page book that had little to no breaks, it would be daunting. And I'm sure that's been done before, especially in like literary fiction. But I can say with absolute full confidence that most modern readers want chapters. They don't want these big, daunting chunks of text. Chapters are absolutely your friend. And they exist to provide structure in your novel, which makes them pretty arbitrary. You can decide where to place chapter breaks for maximum effect on the reader's experience. As we said at the beginning of the episode, the end of a scene is, can be a really good place to break a chapter. If the character has just made a decision with clearly high stakes, the tension and ensuing questions at the end of that scene if that's where your chapter ends, we'll drive the reader forward to the next chapter. But sometimes breaking a chapter in the middle of the scene, right near that disaster turning point moment, can be really good for your pacing. This is especially true in novels with multiple points of view. That's that page turner where you're like, I need to know what happens next. And then you see the next character's name at the top of the chapter. And you're like, okay, I have to get through this to get to the next one. And then at the end of that chapter, there's also a cliffhanger. There have been many late nights of me reading books like that. And I love it, even when you're tired the next day. <laughs> so breaking a chapter right as disaster strikes will leave the reader with too many questions to not want to keep reading. That's generally where tension peaks in a scene, and it will drive readers wild to have that kind of cliffhanger. The reader will need to know. You can't do that with every chapter, obviously. So another one that I like to do is deliver short chapters with a twist or a hint at what's to come. They're easily digestible and provide intrigue for the reader. And like I said, I don't advise using either trick for every single chapter, but sprinkling them on like a little dusting can be really good tools to keep in your back pocket. And a question I receive from my editing clients pretty often is like, how long should chapters be? And as a rule of thumb, most trade fiction has chapters between roughly 2,000 and 5,000 words. That's an average and a guideline. It's not a hard rule at all. Um, you know, your chapters can obviously be shorter or longer as you deem necessary. But if you want some numbers to work with, there you go. Don't hit the 2,500 word mark either and then end the chapter because you're like, oh, that's average. Like, use your best judgment. You, you know when it should end. 
for ghostwriting, I think a lot of my chapters end up being anywhere from a thousand to sometimes two thousand. It's just the shorter scenes work well for what I'm doing. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it, that can even vary by genre, right? Like, definitely. Fantasy is going to be a lot longer than like steamy romance probably would be. <laughs> steamy romance is a page turner, whereas. Fantasy wants to suck you in and not break that immersion. Exactly. And so you got to figure out what's right for what you're trying to achieve. Yep. Break your chapters when it makes sense for your goal. As we already said, breaking a chapter right as disaster strikes mid-scene is good for tension. But don't forget that you can vary chapter length to help with pacing. Shorter chapters speed up the pacing and propel you forward. Longer chapters can let you stroll through the narrative indulgently. Not every chapter will be paced the same way, nor will they all be the same length. And that's okay, and that's a good thing. They have to work together for the reader's overall experience. And just one more thing before we end this episode. So let's circle back to scenes so we can discuss how you know when a scene is over and how to determine where scene breaks fit into all of this. So a chapter break signals the end of a chapter, but a break in your scene, you know that little decorative icon in books. When I'm writing, I like to use three little asterisks. It can signal a few things. Scene breaks can indicate a change in setting, a change in point of view, or a significant theme jump. Sometimes it can even indicate a change in tone. Where things were tense in the first scene after the break, the tone could lean into resolving that tension. You might not want to explain how a character gets from point A to point B, that's totally fine. It's probably not something readers need to see anyway. A scene break means you can jump to the next location without having to describe 15 minutes of walking in silence. Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't want to read 15 minutes of walking in silence. <laughs> so then I think the point of view change is pretty self-explanatory. If you're writing from multiple points of view in your novel, using a limited perspective, meaning one character's point of view at a time, then you need scene breaks to show when the change in perspective is coming. If not, readers are probably going to be confused and read it as head hopping rather than limited points of view for each scene. And finally, time jumps. This is the one where I see writers struggling the most. And honestly, it can be kind of tricky because I mean, what's a significant time jump, right? That can change for everybody. And that varies from story to story. And combining the time jump with the two other options, change in location or change in POV, can be helpful hints. If an hour has passed and the character is in a new part of the city, use a scene break. If ten minutes have passed and the POV has changed, scene break. Use them to keep forward momentum in your story. While it's good to have moments that are slower, they're usually packed with some sort of narrative meeting, like two characters resolving an issue around a campfire. But if they're chilling at the campfire, nothing's happening. Go ahead and break to the moment things start happening. Exactly. And of course, as always, please remember that these are guidelines. At the end, the only real, quote, rule to any of this is that you need to have goals, conflicts, climaxes, and resolutions, which is basic story structure, and that your scene breaks need to be clear for your reader's own understanding of the story. There's absolutely a wisdom in choosing your word count and your pacing, but do this with a grain of salt. There's really no magic formula when it comes to writing, but these guidelines are always helpful to get started. Mix things up, add new challenges, and put your own twist on things to make your story truly unique to you. 
write what you feel is necessary for your understanding of your story. Then come back later and expand or remove pieces so that you have all of your narrative pieces. A quick definition of narrative piece while it's not a real term, it's something I'm using here to identify a scene, a paragraph, or a line that adds to your story as a whole. Identify what's happening in your scene and how it needs to be resolved, then you know what pieces are left that aren't serving the narrative. Having a good understanding of scenes and chapters with regards to your story will help you create a structured narrative and plot that readers just won't want to put down. Next time, we're going to sit down and discuss organization and productivity and what that means in the crazy world that we're living in right now. <sighs> I tell you, what a year. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media at Writers Nook Pod or on our personal accounts. I'm at BTL Editorial. I'm at LC underscore Chase on, spelled like the Chia Pet. And then you can also email us at podcast at btleditorial.com. Bye. Thanks to Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com for our intro and